This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You are back with the Six Man Show. It is May 8th, 2020. Luke, what it do? You know, July 31st is going to be a great day, Jonathan. Absolutely. 53 days, it not is. that we're counting. What's back, Luke? We're not. The show's the back. The NBA. And what else is back? The, right, the, the show will be back. The NBA uh, will be back with 22 of the 30 teams. So for those other eight teams, I'm sorry. You're trash. Go I'm home. Sorry. You're trash. Should have been You're better the rest trash. of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we all knew that this was coming, Jonathan. I know that, um, you know, we talked about last week on last week's pod that Zion was going to be, had to be in the picture because of the NBA and what he means to the NBA and revenue and all that TV viewership is going to be huge considering that these games are going to be played during the day. Um, at least at first, I think in the first round, at least they'll be played throughout the day. So, um, getting Zion on some of those day games will be nice because that'll guarantee viewership. I know I'm going to watch probably every game every because I'll have game. missed it so much. I mean, we still have two full months to go really. Yeah. Seven weeks. And, and so, yeah, I, there's just, it's a while from now that that part kind of stinks, but it's nice to know that it's going to be back. Um, we're not too surprised, like I said, that it's 22 teams. Um, however, that was one of those ones last week, Jonathan, that we had the most questions about. And we probably still have some questions as to how this is going to work. Um, is the, what we've heard about the scheduling going to be accurate You know, with those eight regular season games being pretty much like you play – eight games and eight of them obviously against the people that are there in the order they appeared on your schedule. So you wonder if that's completely accurate because it's all kind of, it feels like it's all kind of speculation. I know they voted on strictly like 22, 22 teams, eight regular season games, that type of stuff. So um, it is a little interesting that there's going to be nine teams from the East. And then what's the math on that? 13 teams from the West, a little weird. I don't know the logistics as to why they chose they landed on 13 in the West. I guess just because of the closeness of the race. Right. But then you got the Phoenix Suns who have a mathematical chance, but they're going to need a lot of teams to go 0 and 8 and they need to go 8 and 0. Well, it's 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 like impossible for all these teams to go 0 and 8, right? Like the way that it all broke down. So, yeah, they we talked about them finding a way to get Zion into the tournament. What I'm glad is that it didn't stop at the Pelicans. Like, had it just stopped at the Pelicans and be like, okay, we did all this just to get Zion in, I really feel like that would have ruined, um, like, the integrity of the league and everything that we're doing. It just w- it would have been a joke, and it would have been totally yeah. unfair to all these other teams. Um, but, no, so I'm glad that they were able to, to make it make sense. I guess that's always, like, the biggest thing is, like, it has to make sense. So, basically what's going to happen, like you said, they're going to play eight games and then um, if the ninth seed is four games or more behind the eighth seed then their season is done at the conclusion of these eight regular season games if they're three games or fewer behind the the eighth seed then they're going to play a possibly a total of um, 
what is it two two games technically or what two two yeah two so, games yeah two games t- like max right I think no yeah um, what, and what's gonna that happen that lower is, seed has to win both games exactly if the eighth seed wins the first game it's over if the ninth seed wins the first game then they play another game and then it's essentially winner at that point moves on that's how yes. it's gonna work so I think that's kind of cool I mean you still kind of have a little bit of a play-in tournament it gives the magic a chance to move up to the seventh seed which you and I are really big fans of obviously um, the mm-hmm. tiebreakers and things like that are going to get kind of weird because you have certain teams that have played more games than other teams. So even if they have more wins, they could have a lower win percentage. So like we said, we don't know the details. Uh, the details are still being worked out as far as, you know, the, the uh, article that I read f- uh, from Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, um, you know, Michelle Roberts and Adam Silver, the, the league, the Board of Governors, and the Players Association, they're still all kind of working out what the fine details are going to be. And I think they said they're working those out over the course of a week. So hopefully by like next Thursday, next Friday, something like that, you know, we should have an idea of exactly how this is going to work. I think they probably they need to have like all the safety protocols in place, I think, before they even decided to move forward with this. So I think we're going to hear mm-hmm. more details come out about that as well. Yeah, and also, Jonathan, I want to touch on that eight-game schedule. I've pulled up some tweets that, I, that I've that i seen. Some people graciously did the work for us, and they kind of laid out, here's what the schedule will look like for um, all of the Magic, the Wizards, and the Now, Knicks. we're still talking about speculation, though. Like, this isn't nothing that's been con- like confirmed Cor- yet. Correct, but this would probably make the most right. sense, I think, because it's weird regardless. Um but, um, you know, Orlando's schedule, I saw it, Jonathan, and I'm not going to lie to you, I was a little nervous once I saw our schedule, but it gets better for us once you hear the Wizards' schedule and the Nets' schedule if this holds up, right? So I'll read it off real quick for the Magic. Uh, Kings, Nets, Pacers, Nets, Pelicans, Celtics, 76ers, Celtics. So where my panic came from in this schedule was uh, playing – the Pelicans, especially, uh, game five, game six, Celtics, game seven, 76ers, game eight, playing the Celtics again. Well, there's a few keywords that you that we are able to miss, which are the Bucks, Lakers, Clippers. Like, as long as we don't have any of that, I feel okay about our chances. Yeah. Um, speaking of those teams, Jonathan, the Wizards schedule Celtics, OKC, 76ers, Nets, Bucks, Lakers, Pelicans. 76ers. They don't have a chance in my opinion. There's there's not a game on that schedule besides the Nets that I would be willing to say will be a close game. Well, obviously it's going to get weird. There's going to be some close games. Maybe the Wizards steal some games from teams that um they get caught slipping, but at the same time, when you compare that schedule to the one the Magic presumably might have, you got to be feeling good as a Magic fan. I know I Luke, am. Have you heard anything about John Wall and the prospects of him playing? You know, in this, uh, not really a tournament, but this truncated end to the regular season that's going to take place in the bubble. Because I think that really changes a lot of things for me. Um, at this point, I'm pulling up the standings right now just to see exactly how far back the Wizards were of the Orlando Magic. So they're right now they're five and a half games back, right? Yeah. So I mean. We would have to go what two and six, and they would have to go what eight and zero oh, to be able to make that up. Yeah, or 
maybe three and five, yeah. and they'd have to go eight and zero or whatever the case may be to make up those games. But if John Wall were to come back, which at this point I still think is pretty unlikely, I don't know if anyone has heard anything um, confirmed. I feel like if we would, it would be all over the place. But I mean, yeah. I just regardless of who we're playing and the Wizards playing, having to make up that many games, I just don't really think is possible. Um, no, I I think I think that's hard. Even if you have John Wall, that that's difficult because John Wall hasn't played in so long. Right. Um, but you also got to think they're five and a half back. They have to get to three and a half, right? Right. Essentially, yeah, to that's get true. That series right. against us. that eight nine so, matchup. This is still so yeah. new and weird. Yeah, no, but they have to get to that mark, right? So essentially, you got to make two games up. I just don't know if the Wizards look at that and they're like, yeah, that's worth it, right? Like it's worth bringing John Wall back to play in these summer league type and games, then to play the Bucks. but have so much and to play in the Bucks. So you got to think about what you'd be throwing John Wall into, right? He he hasn't played in so long. You'd be throwing him into an empty gym, uh, which he's not done. Nobody's done that before. But he's not even been playing in front of a regular crowd for so long either. Um, and on top of that, it, it's weird. It feels like summer league, but there's the stakes are so much higher. You've got to perform at such a high level. I think if you're the Wizards, I hope as a Magic fan, if you're the Wizards, you're looking at this and saying it's just not worth it. Let the Magic uh, and the Nets secure their playoff spots. And Jonathan, I think something that might be interesting to see, especially out West with those teams like the Suns, who are really closer in record to those teams below them than those teams above them. Uh, Something to look at is if they start losing, if they go like 0-2, to start the the this resumption of the of the league, do they just kind of start putting out some bad lineups and just right. start do losing you just and like hope that the, Devin Booker, do, DeAndre Ayton, yeah, and and maybe you get um you know maybe you get a better draft spot than the Timberwolves or or the like the Timberwolves specifically they're about six and a half games ahead of the Timberwolves, but if they lose some of these games, Jonathan. Those are games that like the NBA can't ignore, but I would like to think the NBA wouldn't bless them with like a better draft pick because of how poorly they did, maybe on purpose. But regardless, it's an interesting thing. Like, will some of these teams kind of start losing and not risk in- and say they are just not risking injuries, but really their main thing is like we're just trying to get a better draft pick right now. Well, let's think of it like this way because you know let's talk kind of the schedule and the way that these dates are, are getting broken down. Cause uh, once we get to the end here, it, it, this is going to kind of tie my point about the suns together. So training camp, they're looking at start. It says July 9th through 11th. I'm guessing there's their meaning. They're either going to start it July 9th, 10th through 11th. Having a three day mm-hmm. training camp doesn't really make a lot of sense because we're not starting the season until July 31st. So, uh, July 31st, the season's going to restart. The latest possible date of Game 7 of the NBA Finals would be October 12th. The draft lottery is going to be August 25th, which is my birthday, if anybody wants to get me anything. NBA draft. Mine's August 29th. Mine's August 29th. Virgo life. Draft lottery, August 25th. (laughs) NBA draft, October 15th, uh, three days after the Finals. Free agency starts October 18th. And then uh, 2021 uh, the 2020-2021 training camp is slated right now for November 10th with a 2020-2021 season start of December 1st. Both of those 2020-2021 dates are very tentative. Now, I say all of that to say this. I don't condone tanking really in any circumstance because nothing is ever guaranteed, right? 
But with as quick of a turnaround as we're going to see from the end of the playoffs to the start of next season, I could see the someone like the Suns being like, okay, we've got Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, who are huge you know, pieces of our core moving forward. If we are completely mathematically eliminated from the playoffs at that point, does it make sense to sit them rather than run the risk of injury and then them maybe not being able to play next season at all? Um, you know, mm-hmm. like we said, we don't know what these dates look like, but you just never know. Um, I don't know. The Suns are 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 going to sun, so you never know really what's going to happen with them. But I do, I do think it's going to be really interesting. I can't wait for basketball to get back. Um, it's going to be fun to see how the Western Conference shakes out. So tell me, tell me about the Nets. You were just about to list the Nets schedule. What does that look like for us? Uh, yeah, let me find that again real quick. But, um, you know, and something we'll come back to, um, Jonathan, I'm kind of just scrolling through this Twitter. I lost my spot here. But um, but something that's interesting before we get into that, into the Nets schedule and, and finish up that topic Woe just put out an article essentially saying that the Hawks GM, uh, the Kings um, executive vice president um, has spoken up as well, saying, you know, essentially playing basketball for like not playing basketball for eight, nine months is way too long. Right. Um, for the and he teams said, that aren't so, being invited to this. Uh... Right. For those eight teams that, that won't be there um, and which I agree with. I mean, that's crazy to think about that long. And these guys are usually in the gym after two, two months officially and so yeah it's just it's interesting to to see that that these teams might have their own little scrimmages summer league type thing with just eight teams maybe do an own their own little summer league tournament um whether and and you know what that vegas location's open now jonathan vegas has um and this is pure speculation going off of the article this is just me speaking out loud now but the you know vegas is not being used by the nba for this resumption of the of the of the league of the season and the postseason uh vegas has however you know they wanted to be that that location unfortunately disney just presented two good of opportunities and and been pros um that far outweighed the pros and the cons of of vegas and resuming there so um so i i don't think it would be too crazy to say that these eight teams have their own summer league in vegas well, I think the obviously the biggest thing, and they've been you know talking about this since the league was shut down. But the biggest priority of the league, when coming back, is to ensure the the you know safety and health of the players and the staff. I don't know if you've seen the videos coming out of Vegas the last couple of days as the casinos are reopening. Yeah, coronavirus doesn't exist anymore. Apparently, people no, are just apparently it, just doesn't. in there. Part of my expression, but nut to butt, just no masks, mm-hmm. coughing on each other, doing whatever. So that would be like the yeah. only thing with me is like, okay, someone made the point on Twitter today with that video that this might be the reason that the league decided, um, you know, amongst other reasons, but to go the Disney route instead of Las Vegas, right? Um, I don't yeah. know, but I think um, part of that article mentioned like regional, like so maybe mm-hmm. that is, you know, it, um, insinuating that it's going to be teams that are pretty close together. But I do think that potentially like the, the team practice facilities might be um, a better way to do that. I don't know. Unless the plan is to like broadcast those games. And, and sure, yeah. people are going to you know want to get as much basketball as possible. But, you know, what time of day are we doing this? It sounds like from the NBA aspect at Disney, it's going to be like a full slate of games every single day, at least for the, you know, the regular season and, and maybe the first couple rounds of the playoffs. So then are you putting up these meaningless kind of summer league games 
up against the NBA playoffs, and then who's really going to watch that over the playoffs? Who knows? Um, but I definitely the point to where it's kind of detrimental to young players that are, are still in the developmental yeah. stage to go eight nine months without playing organized basketball. I know if that was the magic, and I'm talking about guys like Mo Bamba, Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz, Achuma Okiki, I would be 100% on the train of, no, let's definitely get these guys back to playing competitive basketball by whatever means necessary. As long as they're going to be safe, as long as the NBA is able to set all of that up, I don't care if they're playing on the moon. I just want basketball. Yeah, and the one thing there, like especially like you said, that they feared that it might harm the development of the younger players well, for teams like the Atlanta Hawks, they've got some young players that are all their core, right? Right. You've got Trey Young, John Collins. They're all in their first few seasons. And where you wouldn't normally see Trey Young play in the summer league anymore, probably after this year, um, you might get to see him now if they do these scrimmages and if they do televise them. So, Jonathan, it is something to think about. I think, you know, we, we're going to be consuming all the basketball we, we can uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, since being without it for stinking four or five months by the time we get it back. Yeah, no, dude, I, like I said, I absolutely can't wait. Like I said, 53 days left between now and then. It, and um, I think it was Locked On Magic or Orlando Magic Daily. It was one of Philip Rossman Reich's outlets today put out an article talking about the fact that if the Magic miss the playoffs, it's going to be completely their fault, right? No matter yeah, what way you set this up, everybody's going to have, you know, the basically the same opportunity that they had three months ago to make the playoffs. The Wizards are going to have to go on some kind of crazy run. We talked about the Magic, you know, trying to, to, to gain on the Nets and, and, you know, get the seventh seed instead of the eighth seed so that we could have Toronto instead of Milwaukee. But if the Magic go, you know, three and five and, you know, the Wizards are able to catch up and then the Magic lose two straight games to the Wizards if they're still, you know, the the eighth seed there uh, and end up missing the playoffs, they're going to have nobody to blame but their own, right? Yeah, and and also, yeah, you're completely right. But I real quick want to just wrap this point up with the schedule so people all know what the net schedule is going to be as well. Um, doesn't look great. I will say I think it is better than the, what the Wizards drew. Um, but it is Clippers, Kings, Wizards, Celtics, Magic, Clippers, Magic, Blazers. So I'm hearing a lot of Western will, Conference teams in there. I like that. Yeah. So and they're I heard the Clippers they, twice. I think. Yep. The Clippers twice. Obviously, the Magic twice. So that that's kind of all to that point. Um, but Jonathan, going over back to the Western Conference, I think that the little two game essentially playing thing that they're going to do, uh, which we need a good name for, by the way, because that's not the Dinwiddie Cup. what they're. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but good times. Um, the the uh, Grizzlies are three and a half games ahead of the Blazers, the Pelicans and the Kings. So we can probably think the Kings aren't going to make too much noise. The Pelicans are going to make some noise because they have Zion Williamson. Not sure if you've heard of him. Um, and the interesting part is I really hope that we get the 8-9 two-game matchup um, of the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. You have John Morant, who is going to probably win Rookie of the Year solely because Zion did not play enough games this year. Um, but you're going to see those two young stars go against each other, hopefully, in this two-three-game series because 
they're not going to Memphis is not going to make up ground on Dallas. Um, they're seven games behind Dallas, who's the seven seed. Um, so it's pretty much that race for the eight seed in the West. I think it'll be interesting. Um, I mean, you look at the Blazers. The Blazers against Draw Morant would be fun too, but I think the the matchup everyone's going to want to see in that 8-9 matchup in the West is going to be Draw Morant versus Zion Williamson. Yeah, if I was going to seed, you know, kind of the what I would like to see of that 8-9 matchup in the West, it would definitely be, um, you know, New Orleans first, then the Trail Blazers, and then the Kings. But honestly, you give me any three, any one of those three matchups, and like that's appointment television. You're looking at like two of the the best young cores in the the Western Conference. Looking at John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. If he's healthy, Brandon Clark. But then you're looking at Zion Williamson. You're looking at you know Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. You know Nikhil Alexander Walker. Uh, but then on the other side of things, you know you got. Portland, you got Damian Lillard, you got CJ McCollum liable to go off for a total of 80 to 90 points on any given night. And then the Sacramento Kings, you know, you got guys like Buddy Heald, um, you know, Bogdanovich, you've got De'Aaron Fox, who's, who's a lot of fun to watch, um, Harry Giles, Marvin Bagley. So any way you cut that up, I'm, it's going to be appointment television for me to watch that 8-9 matchup in the West once that comes to fruition. I think that's going to be a lot of fun, especially if the ninth seed in either conference is able to steal a game. Hopefully the Magic are not in that predicament. We've locked up the seventh seed at that point. But I just think it's a, a really cool wrinkle that they were able to add this year. Um, and honestly, I, I wouldn't be all that mad if they decided to add that every single year. If you're the ninth seed and you're – three games or fewer behind the eighth seed you get that opportunity if you win the first game you get a second game if you win that then you're the eighth seed especially mm-hmm. you know like in the east i don't really see it that as being that big of a deal but um who knows i i definitely think um you know adam silver is dying to get some kind of wrinkle added either a mid-season tournament or some kind of change to the postseason to shake things up a little bit um and this is kind of his way of getting at least a little bit of that in there. But one thing that I did want to, to discuss with you this week, Luke, is something I've been seeing the last few days, really since it was announced that the NBA is coming back, is everyone, and deservedly so, is really, really excited about the the possibility or the prospect of Jonathan Isaac being able to return to the Orlando Magic for this regular season run and, and hopefully into the playoffs. And the thing that we know is just about two weeks ago, we saw Jonathan Isaac running for the first time on a on an anti-gravity treadmill which means that he's still not able to put that full weight of that you know, of himself on that left knee um and run yet now I mean we've got about seven weeks I mean I'm not a doctor I don't know what can happen in that time or how quickly he's able to ramp that back up but it, it seems unlikely but I I can't lie I would be absolutely ecstatic if he was able to rejoin the team yeah, I mean, obviously it would be a huge boost. He was someone who could have, in my opinion, been up for MIP this year, most improved player. And DPOI. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and defensive player of the year. Um, so he's someone who adds a lot to Orlando. I don't think that really needs to be even talked about because I think it's, you know, what's what's understood doesn't need to be said, Jonathan. And Jonathan Isaac is a monster for us. Um, he's still young. Um, next year will be a force to be reckoned with, um, even more so than he was this year. Um, hopefully he can stay away from injuries. Um, but yeah, Jonathan, I don't know if I'm a magic fan, I'm kind of tampering my expectations. 
I'm not too optimistic that we'll get to see Jonathan Isaac, um, but that might just be me, you know, pr- protecting my heart um, and and not getting my hopes up. So I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, where do you stand? Do you think that we'll see him back or not? I, I don't think that we will just because whether it's the seventh seed, whether it's the eighth seed, whether it's the, the Raptors or the Bucks. I still don't see us making a deep playoff run at this time, just with the experience of our team, you know, the construction of the roster, everything like that. I mean, it would be just an absolutely Cinderella story if the Magic were to make, you know, a run to like the Eastern Conference Finals or, or something like that to even make that series would be nothing short of a miracle. However, especially when it comes to us matching up with the Toronto Raptors, um, I just don't think you can overvalue how important it would be to guys like Mo Bamba, Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz um, to be able to play in an actual playoff series. Yes, they played in the playoff series last year, but we went down, we won the first game, and then it was the gentleman's sweep, right? Um, I'm talking about like playing in high-pressure games. Now you don't have the atmosphere of the crowd, I understand that, but to be able to have the experience of playing in like a game six or a game seven with potentially a chance to move on to the second round, and last year we all know the difference was Kawhi Leonard, right? Like Outside of Kawhi Leonard, you could have said the Magic had like a puncher's chance. If you're bringing back Jonathan Isaac and potentially Al Farouk Aminu, and you're going to tell me for the majority of the series that Pascal Siakam would be guarded by either Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, or Al Farouk Aminu, you could definitely talk me into the Magic pushing the Raptors to like six or seven games. Is it likely? Maybe not. Is it possible? I think so. Once again, all that being said, I don't think it happens, but especially if it's a matchup with the Raptors, I would not be mad. Yeah, I mean, that's best case, Jonathan. That's what we've been talking about. Um, but we also can't overlook the fact that things might shake up there at the top of the East. And, you know, you've got Boston, who's three games back from Toronto. Um, if if Toronto kind of folds and doesn't do well, um, all of a sudden the Magic are looking, you know, maybe face-to-face with the Celtics, who, by the way, we went 0-3 against this year. So... I, I don't know what that's going to look like, Jonathan. I don't know what the end result is. It's most likely that it is the Raptors. Um, but if Boston uh, catches stride and, and does well and thrives in this empty arena um, and does well with Kemba running at the helm, uh, you got to think that, that they could jump Toronto. They Like I said, they are three games back. You and I did a little, like, a little project a couple months back called the Dinwiddie Cup where we took – Basically, you know, the, the all the teams in the league, we see them 1 through 30, and we ran them through an NBA 2K simulation. What did that simulation teach us, Luke? Taught us a lot of things. Number <laughs> one, that we had no idea what was going to happen, right? Yeah. And I just think this is going to be such a weird experience. There's going to be no home court advantage. Nobody's played basketball in three-plus months at this point. It's it's basically going to be just like pickup games all day long, right? And just because of that yeah. fact, I feel like like things that we don't expect to happen, like something really, really strange that no one predicted I think is going to happen. Now, is that, you know, the Magic going on a run? Is it the Celtics going on a run? Who knows, right? But I think that's part of the excitement with this is that it's just going to be so out of the ordinary that, like, it just feels like almost anything could happen. Like, if you told me – for whatever reason, like the 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 Bucks lost in in the second round to like the the Pacers or something like that, in the confines of what we 
you know, are used to, that would be the craziest thing ever. But in, in this atmosphere, I mean, I just think it's just nobody can really gauge how this thing is going to go and what's going to happen. Yeah, and like I touched on last week, Jonathan, I said I made a point that we we don't know what kind of team the Magic are in an empty arena. <laughs> we we don't know what any of these teams are, are how they're going to react because just like playing on the road and playing um, at home, these teams have these split completely different records, like a Jekyll and Hyde type thing, and we've seen it specifically in the East with teams like the Heat and, and the 76ers, which we've talked about before. But there's so much uncertainty, and and we what we're going to learn is that we don't know much because when one of these teams, for whatever reason, can't get it together um, in, an, in an empty – an empty arena. I mean, it's it, it it's going to be interesting to see what can happen come that time because it is such a, a weird thing. And it, like I said as well last week, just really fits the bill for 2020 as a whole. Well, I think obviously if you look historically at the you know the history of the NBA and the history of the playoffs, like the star players, they play really really well whether it's a home game, whether it's a road game. However, the role players, you know, for for these playoff teams always seem to play significantly better at home. So how is, you know, there obviously there's no home court advantage in this bubble. How is that going to affect the role players? Are we going to see it just kind of even out? Or are we going to mm-hmm. see uh, role players play better in this scenario? Are they going to play worse? You know, there's a lot of things that are, that are just up in the air that um, I'm really excited for. And, and one of the things that um, really struck me this week, and I, I was actually really happy to hear it, was when they were talking about, you know, how they were going to bring this back, what scenario they were going to do. Some, you know, some owners were, you know, advocating for like the, the pool play or the, um, like the group stage play. But Michael yeah. Jordan came out, Adam Silver said, you know, he's like the most respected basketball voice in that room, said, let's not, let, let's not make a gimmick out of this, right? Let's just just run it back as normal. And I've been harping on that for the last couple of weeks. As weird as everything is right now, I just wanted a healthy serving of normal. And we're getting that to a certain degree, right? So Yeah, we, yeah, we definitely – we are. But I, I do like that it still, you know, is under these circumstances of just like still being a little weird. I think they're giving us kind of the happy medium exactly. of what, what was needed. Uh, I do think the group stages would have been a lot of fun. Um, but it it wouldn't have been fun for Magic fans. That's all. No, it would have ended in disaster, and we would have been going home. That was like the number Th- one reason I didn't want it. But yeah, th- this is definitely best case. I I think that that we have a great shot of getting that seven seed. This was re- legitimately the only scenario where we get what we really deserved in terms of how that regular season was going to end for us. You had to think we were going to get that seven seed. So. Right. Um, and, and everywhere statistically was showing and analytically that the magic were going to hop the nets, not having Kyrie or KD. I mean, I, I, I do like the situation for us. Um, I hope I will be cheering on the Toronto Raptors because there's no way that they're going to pass the bucks being six and a half games behind them with eight games to play. Uh, but I will be cheering for, uh, the Toronto Raptors to win as many games as they can and for Boston to not do that. Well, I mean, either way we look at it it's better than Milwaukee, right? Like, if we make the seventh seed, give me the Raptors, give me the Celtics. Like, I think we could at least win probably two games, um, you know, against either of those teams. Now, yeah, it went 0-3 against Boston this year, but 
like we said, this is going to be a really different scenario. Once it comes to the playoffs, you know, anything can happen. I don't think Boston is that much better than us. Um, I think yeah. part of the Magic struggle all year, big picture, was just not being able to put everything together, you know, on, you know, like any given night for, you know, a stretch of games, three to four to five games. We started to see that at the end of the, you know, before the season was called off, but that was mostly due to that offensive output that the Magic were able to kind of improve upon. But like I said, anybody is going to be better than Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, well, yeah. And, and, and the good news here is the fact that, you know, I, I broke down the Magic schedule in terms of who what their record was against each team and then what their total record was in the games that they played against these teams, right? So against these teams, you'll see, you can see that we were 1-0 against the Kings, 2-0 against the Nets, 0-2 against the Pacers, 1-0 against the Pelicans without Zion, 0-3 against the Celtics, and 2-1 against the 76ers. So for a total record of 6-5, and which is not bad considering those are all decent teams and, and will, you know, most of them will probably be in the playoffs aside from the Kings. Um, and if the Pelicans can pull it together, but point being they're six and five against those teams, which is a lot more. I know than you know, the nets uh, and the wizards can say about their probably collective record against the teams they're oh, going to yeah. have to go against for these final eight games. I think it is a, a great sign that we went over 500 against these teams. Um, obviously there's some caveats with the fact that like Zion wasn't there. But um, looking at the schedule, Jonathan, is there a game besides all of them that you are looking forward to the most? Because I think I think mine is when we play the Celtics solely to see that'll be kind of the near the end of that season, the end of those eight games. Um, I think it'll be exciting to see if we can kind of decide if we've turned a corner. If if us going zero and three against the Celtics, that can all be made up if we beat the Celtics near the end of that regular season, um, and and obviously that game against the Pelicans will be fun because we get to play Zion. Well, it's all speculation, right? Like none of this has been made official yet, so we don't really know. But in my opinion, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, you mentioned that we had two games remaining against the Brooklyn Nets, um, and that yeah. would really those are the two games that I'm going to circle because those are the the games where we're going to be able to make up the most ground against the Nets. Um, and give us the best opportunity to jump into that seventh seed. Now, being able to you know kind of see how we match up against other teams like the Pelicans and the, and the Celtics will be great. But um, really, going into this, I think you know me personally, and I think the team should just have one goal: just get that seventh seed, get that seventh seed, get that seventh seed. Because yeah, one game at a time. Whether it's the whether it's the Celtics, whether it's the Raptors, I think like magic fans as a collective we can all agree that anyone is better than milwaukee that might be the name of this episode anyone but milwaukee yeah and also another thing to kind of factor in because i think there will be a lot of trends a lot of storylines when we get back into this season um is the fact that the magic start with the kings right so we start against a team that's not great um they could beat us but you know all things considered I think it's a good thing to kind of start slow with the Kings. You get back into a groove. You play the Nets, who won't have KD and Kyrie. You play the Pacers. Uh, then you play the Nets again. And then you play the Pelicans. So you're really, like, your first hard matchup, obviously, will be probably the Pelicans. Obviously, every team's going to be scrapping. But I think this is best case on so many levels for the Orlando Magic. I think that um, kind of starting against the Kings will be nice. 
get our toes in the water a little bit. And by the time we go up against the Pelicans, Celtics, Sixers, and Celtics again, we will be hopefully in a good rhythm and we'll have a good record up to that point. Well, something that we haven't really touched on yet that just kind of came to mind is how competitive these games are going to be. You know, at the end of the year, you have a lot of teams that are out of it, that don't really care anymore, uh, that are, you know, just getting off the bus and going through the motions. But every single team that's going to be at Disney World is going to be fighting for their playoff lives every single night. So the level of intensity and the the competition really should be great. Now, the product remains to be seen. You know, teams are going to be rusty and everything like that, but I don't think you have to worry about whether or not teams are going to be playing hard. Maybe after the first couple of games, if a team like the the Suns are out of it, maybe you call that in a question. But um, especially from an Eastern Conference aspect, I think it's going to be really, really competitive. You're not going to be able to take a, a day or a, or a night off whenever you play these games. It doesn't matter. But I, I, just, I just think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's yeah the Kings might be a, a better team to, to start up against if you're comparing them to like the, the Celtics or the Clippers or something like that. But that's a team that's going to come into that gym hungry. They're looking to make up some space and get into that, you know, ninth spot and try to, you know, challenge Memphis. But um, it's going to be awesome to watch, man. I really can't wait. Yeah. Again, like I said earlier, just stinks. We've got to wait so long. 53 (laughs) days. It really sucks. It does. I'm just happy um, that we know that the NBA is for sure coming back at this point, though. Listen, all I know is I will be in heaven on earth because we will get NBA basketball and I'll have college football. Yeah. I and and that's another thing. And the NFL like, will be ramping up September, October. Right. So it'll be an exciting time. I, I think that our morale should and hopefully be at an all time high at that point. Until um, until we get knocked out by the Wizards and you you, know, you gotta chill. You you gotta chill. So, but yeah, and you know it'll be interesting. We're we're gonna around that time. We'll you know other teams and organizations uh, of other leagues will be rolling out their plan of how to come back. Um, college football, we know they're not allowing ninety thousand fans in an arena on, on a stadium on Saturdays. So what's that gonna look like? Are they doing fifty percent capacity? Twenty five percent? Are they doing any? So it'll be interesting, Jonathan. Uh, July will look hopefully a lot different than we than it looks today. Um, we'll we'll be close to basketball. You know, the end of July, the, we might be in the best moods we've been in in months. All I can say is for our sake, uh, for everybody that listens to the podcast for this entire country, I pray that this summer and fall will be better to us than the winter and spring was. Uh, we can all agree on that. <laughs> it's gonna. <laughs> uh, it's hard to imagine it being worse. We've said that since I, January when, unfortunately, Kobe passed away, and every step of the way it has gotten worse. It's gotten worse. So, so hopefully we don't reach that point. Hopefully it's just that's all. the only news to report in July and August is college football is coming back. The NBA is about to be back at Disney. Um, the, the NFL is ramping up. Hopefully that is all the news cycle has to offer because I, I am sick of news. I'm sick of it because I'm scared I might see something new that breaks out that causes even more distress in the world. And I, I hope and pray genuinely that we all we are talking about in July and August is basketball and the occasional football. Amen, brother. Anything else? That's it. All right. The show's back. The NBA is back. And we'll be back every single Monday keeping it going. 
53 days, so we've got like seven and a half-ish episodes, something like that. I haven't done the math yet, but we're going to keep <laughs> the content coming the best that we can. There's going to be more news hopefully coming out each week as we get closer to this. But for Luke, this has been Jonathan. Thank you guys for listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya! Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!